All right, everybody, welcome back to Mind Over Matter. I'm going to give you a quick little intro this time because we kind of switched up the flow of the show. We had four people on this time, so it's a little gets a little hectic, but definitely enjoyed it. We talked a lot, a lot about mental health and just about anything to go into it. So um, actually, here's one of our guests, Tommy. Tommy, how'd you feel about it, man? Honestly, it was great recording with you and with uh, Carly and Kevin. I felt like we we definitely hit a lot of good topics. It's it goes to show that the platform that we're building to be an open-minded place where you know men and women can address their issues and talk about things. We we definitely got into the stigmas that a lot of men may face when they try and receive help as opposed to when women come in through it. It's just kind of like naturally to see women get accepted and men get pushed away or told to bottle things up. I definitely think that this was a good platform and a great episode. It allowed for me and Carly to open up a bit more on a personal level. And I think that really helps with healing. And I just, I hope you all enjoy the show. Yeah. Yeah. With that, y'all enjoy the show. We are switching uh, our structure up a little bit. So as you can tell, the editing even here is a little, little off, but we are going to be doing it live. You'll see all the extra links down below to catch us live. Tommy's actually joining the team here now. So we're going to be rolling out a lot more episodes, a lot more content. And yeah, we're really hoping to to start live streaming and getting you guys a part of the conversation and a part of the community. So Tommy, thanks for joining us, man. Couldn't have, uh, couldn't have done this episode without you. It was an unreal episode. Like you said, we all opened up a little bit. So it was, it was a nice, <clears throat> nice episode. Kind of felt a little bit more like therapy, but if that's all we got to do to destroy the stigma, that's what we got to do, man. <laughs> uh, yep. So thanks for opening it up for us, man. Thanks. Thanks for for um, being here on the intro even. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Really just enjoy. Yeah, Thomas, I go by Tommy. Thomas, Thomas. OK, nice to meet you. I'm Carly. <laughs> nice to meet you, Carly. Um, so, yeah, the, us three goofballs, we all work together when we we're in the army. Um, I think I was telling them earlier, like a lot of like my family, with like mental health it, mental health issues or stuff like that like it gets iffy like instead of acknowledging that there's even a problem it's more so just like oh you just need to work harder or no you don't have that like just kind of push everything to the back burner so i think i kind of knew something was a little bit off as i was growing up but it's mm -hmm. almost like i wasn't allowed to to like even explore that or think about that but you know fast forward to most recently or semi-recently, um, you know, we have a lot of stress that we go through and I wasn't coping well and just things started coming to a head. Like it was just that time in my life for me to uh, have a little Britney Spears moment. So I spent yeah. a little bit of time in, in a mental health like hospital and that and actually, Kevin actually kicked that. me in. Yeah, it's, it's hard to like overcoming like that stigma too i think that's a big part of it is like it's like you said like you wouldn't have been ready if you had went when you were 14 it's like yeah that's almost anybody and i had to deal with it later it's like the first initial bit you're gonna be like hesitant you don't want to do it but it's mm -hmm. good for us well i was in denial for so long too of like i just kept thinking this is situational or this is seasonal i can get over this there's a cure there's a cure there has to be a cure there is no cure and that was like the hardest thing for me with my chemical imbalance was it's coping, it's support, it's, and that's just been the thing of like, but you want to live. So you have to deal with these things and you have to go and do these, this work. And like, that's why this, like when this opportunity came up with this group, I was already, I'm kind of a pessimistic 
thinker just because of that. But yeah, I'm very. But people that meet me, they're like, "Oh my God, you're so like you're so bubbly, you're so happy, like you're so helpful, you're so kind." It's like that's how we are. Like usually the Here's people that do that stuff are the ones who are like no. helping and yeah. Like when I'm at my worst, that's when I check in on all of my people. Yeah. And they're like, why are you checking in on me? Focus on yourself. And it's like, <laughs> this is how I've always been. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's always like call someone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all they, my people have such a hard time with, they know when I'm checking in on them that I'm not doing well now. And they're like, we're fine. You just need to like, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay. But <laughs> like, we'll say that. what was that? No, like, Tommy, yeah, you were very open to going to the hospital, though, and, like, giving me your gun and shit. Like, I don't recall any resistance on your... It's because I trusted you. Like, that's... It's just, like, it goes back to what Carly said. Like, start reaching out to, like, the support system. And it's, like, I, I think you reached out to me, but I was, like, already halfway there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was probably going down the list, and I was about to hit you up. And then it just... Yeah, because you said you were going to come over during the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, when he comes over, I'm going to just bow out. And then you didn't. I'm, like, I called you, you didn't answer. Like, Trevor tried to call you. And I'm like, I'm gonna call him one more time, and if you don't answer, I'm gonna just drive to his apartment. Cause like, I knew something was up, bro. You could just yeah, it was it was interesting, bro. It was I'm definitely glad that y'all called me and everything. Like, I remember I remember it too. Like, it was like that three hour block, and I I think I was just like sitting there, just kind of like, oh man, I said I was gonna go over there. Like, I'm I, I feel weird about not being there already, but like if I don't go over there, I don't know where I'm gonna go. Like, it's not gonna be anything good. So no. yeah, you were on the couch. Like, I don't know if you remember, you were like moving a lot right inverted bro yeah like you were invert like on a spaceship and you got up to get like a chapstick out your car i think right and uh floor's like we got to take me to the hospital i'm like all right let's go bro let's make this happen because like it wasn't a situation where you could just kind of let you go and be like like i don't know i could not do it was it was weird yeah and i know it was tough on you because it's the first time seeing something like that and that's the thing with depression yeah and like you don't realize so many people are like oh yeah i i understand and it's like no you don't until you're going through it or somebody close to you love that you love is going through it and then you're like oh like you just i just really don't think people understand until they are experiencing somebody close to them or they are experiencing it themselves and that's just so hard like they didn't know what was going on like it was like a tornado like swept through they're like trying to figure out they're trying to help me but it was like i don't know y'all can speak to better more to that like how it was so, trying to deal with me i'm sure you were in a very foggy not zombieized like comatized stage you know like you're just like you were almost the opposite Tommy. You, you almost Romantic. got kind of manic so to speak mm-hmm. yeah and that's another sign <laughs> too yeah but. well like that was the only other time that something like that happened is you were at work remember you like tore apart a, a blackhawk engine and put it back together in like 30 seconds like three times <laughs> yeah i'm like why is tommy so hyper a and then, whole, like, got, a I got whole ass helicopter engine bro dude it, <laughs> like my wife's like oh he was having a manic episode I'm like oh like i felt like such a failure bro I'm like how did i not see it? well it, like that that's what i felt that's just like men don't get enough grace with this subject and i just it breaks my heart so much like i wanted to ask you tommy um when you went to the hospital how many men were there and compared to women and how was that experience for you because for me it was so heartbreaking for me because there was only four men there 
and they were all older men who had all said, God, I wish I would have went when I was younger, but like the, just the societal way of life and the way that people view us, I never thought I could go in. And I even thought my wife thought I was weak. So I was like, no, I'm not going to go and do it because she didn't have any of those issues. And it just breaks my heart how, so yeah, how was your yeah, I mean, definitely men are they're like they're it's underrepresented. Um, it, it, I had a similar experience. There was a lot more women than men when I was there, and a lot of them were older. And it kind of seemed like they weren't gonna. They there wasn't much that they could do to help them. Like they were still trying, but it's like they had gone through so much life that whatever they were like was afflicting them had hardened them in. They were like kind of set. So tough. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like they were very very like most of them were married or divorced or there was even some elderly men in there and it was kind of like the last place to go and last place to stay like they just really didn't know what else to do with their life going forward like they were just like i'm married to this person and she makes me feel this way she makes me feel that way my bot my life is like this with my job and blah 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 and it just sounded like the whole way that their life was set up they should have got that help so far before that so they wouldn't be so unhappy now you know what i mean and i don't know it was heartbreaking like i i mostly communicated with men while i was in there because it bothered me so much how there was none in there like there was one in there my age and he was the one that was homeless and i experienced firsthand because my roommate um was she was in the stage of very much sleep everything away. Sleep, get up to eat, go back to bed. And so I just kind of let her be. And I was out in the main area, like journaling, whatever. And the young guy, the first young guy I see there who speaks for the first time and he's screaming at staff. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're telling him that he's getting discharged because he's not participating. And he's screaming at them, begging them, please, please, please. Like, I have no place to go. Like, I don't have family. I don't have anything. I don't have a home. I don't have a job. I'm going to a homeless shelter where guns are constantly, like, right up on me. And it's either I'm going to get shot or I'm going to kill myself because I'm terrified. Like, like he was, like, threatening them kind of, like, you want me to go out and kill myself? Like, it was just very... Because my biggest thing is, if my support system was not here, I do not know who I would be or if I would be here. Yeah. And that was a very much, like, slap in the face. This person has no support at all. And he's begging these people to help him. And, like, I get it if you don't go in and you don't do the work and you don't do this. Like, because he was very, very depressed and he was only coming out to eat. He wasn't participating. And he was like, so just because I'm not playing all these games that you guys want me to play that I'm getting discharged out into the wild and you guys are just like, whatever, hopefully everything's okay. Like, that situation alone has just, like, the support <laughs> systems and, like, anyone who doesn't have that, I just feel so hard for them. And I can sit, like, anyone with depression, anxiety, mental health, whatever, PTSD, any type of mental health, I feel for them. But the ones without support systems, I just, I consider them, like, warriors i just don't understand how you could do that without support but Man, we gotta start this show bro. This is... welcome
Welcome back, everybody. Episode 41. We're very excited. We bring it on two guests, one returning guest, Tommy. Thanks for coming back on, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling great today. Thanks for having me. Happy belated birthday. Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then we got Carly. Carly out in Hello. South Dakota. Excited to have you on, Carly. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to be here. feel very honored. Nice. Awesome. Awesome, man. Kevin. Kevin, man. How you feeling over there? Yo, from the last episode, <laughs> that one was tough, but I'm in the mood to talk mental health, and I'm super excited because Tommy's here, and his story is one that we were all involved in, except for you, Carly. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, no, now she's about to be that. involved in it, man. That's why I'm excited. So, in spirit. We, yeah. Actually, what happened here, Tommy hopped on late notice, so I appreciate you being here just real quick. I know you're not, you're not uh, too good with unplanned things, so thank you. Um, what we got here, actually, is Carly's been through quite a bit. Tommy's been through quite a bit, except Carly is diagnosed with quite a few things, and Tommy isn't yet. Tommy is going soon to get diagnosed. So we wanted to provide the opportunity for Tommy to ask a few questions because me and Kevin are already asking our questions. Hopefully get some similarities and kind of get some things Tommy can point out. Maybe maybe go in next week with more understanding of himself. So that's the goal here today. I'm excited to learn more about you, Carly. Uh, I don't know where sh we should start. What do you think, Kev? Well, yeah, what are you diagnosed with? Let's start that process. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. If you don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> do you want me to go with like, because it's been like. First, what was the first thing? Yeah, let's let's open it. Let's open it up with where you're from, what you've been doing, and then yeah, we could veer it into the direction okay. of how you got where you are. Chapter okay. one of your story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm from Melbank, South Dakota. We have it's like three three hundred people here, <laughs> and I grew up on a farm, so I've always loved animals and loved all that. But um, first time mental health became a thing was when I started track and cross country and I realized anxiety was definitely something that was going on. And then even looking back at like my childhood, there'd be certain like objects. I would be just be like, so, so attracted. Like, you know what I mean? Like if they were missing, I would go, I would go nuts. Something just happened. I don't know <laughs> you didn't have the square there. piece to the puzzle. <laughs> Yo. Am I frozen? Not no, for we, us. No, <laughs> Okay, I'm frozen. But what was I saying? Sorry, I thought I cut you're out. Saying track like, feels. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tom. Well, you, you were talking about like small pieces of your childhood, like maybe memories and stuff that had kind of stood out as maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I looked back at my childhood before, like after cross country and that whole thing, and I was like, okay, we definitely have anxiety going on here because I would get way, way, way too worked up for events like week of the track event I would be sick that whole week and I was just like oh I'm just super nervous I'm just super blah, blah, blah. but no and then we just kept doing that and then anxiety kept growing still didn't do anything about it, it was just like oh I'm fine I'm normal I'm fine you were physically ill though like I was physically everything through me like everything like, I would yeah, carb up the night before with like spaghetti all that like I I'd eat carb up for these runs and for these things and like it didn't matter like the whole next day it was just on because of like how that. nervous yep and people always thought i was like making my crap up and 
he just doesn't want to run, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you understand how much this means to my parents, like, to watch me run and my grandparents? Like, that was, like, I just, like, I just want to participate, too, you know? Like, yeah. but people always thought, like, she's just making this up. And I was like, I think there's something wrong here. But then kept ignoring it. And then 14, depression came along because boys came along. And <laughs> shout out to do. the boys. The boys <laughs> in there, bro. Hey. And then again, that was one. I was kind of talking to you guys about this before we started. But my first relationship was definitely not love. We didn't even go on dates. We didn't even didn't treat me well at all and i couldn't get over this this boy for three years and i remember thinking what is happening to my brain here why am i so stuck on someone that i didn't even like this was not love and like same thing like just like depressive depressive things were coming up and would still ignore it like no i don't and then i got into a really serious relationship at 16 and then once that hit the fan and he broke up oh. and yeah and then I got into a major car accident um a month before that happened where my head broke the windshield and this has a lot to do with my mental health I know that this is struggling because I can't see myself move I'm frozen sitting there and it's bothering me <laughs> Now I'm well, moving. I just had I just yeah. had to click on myself. <laughs> but um sorry, my brain is very ADHD. I have ADHD too. So I was I'm gonna like... say this is gonna be fun for you to look back on because I don't know. Do you ever watch uh Soft White Underbelly? Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> Me and Kevin yeah. bring them up a bit. It's a YouTube channel, he does a podcast as well. Except he goes and talks to people with just a whole bunch of issues, except they're addicts. Most of the time they're an addict to something. Oh. And yeah. when they when they get sober, like he tries to help them get sober through the funds he gets from his audience. And there's a couple that come back to the show to show what they've done between the last episode and now through the money they've been given. And every time they get back on the show, they're like, dude, you could totally tell I was like, hi, I'm out of it. I'm not paying attention. Like I could totally see it like where I was when that was happening i hope i hope you'll be able to do the same i hope we can provide that <laughs> you know no i'm d definitely will because like i'll be sending like snapchats and things to, and like facetiming friends or whatever and i'm like where was i and they're like <laughs> right here <laughs> and i'm like okay yeah, but anyway i think it was that like the depression part you and like yeah. your head yeah. yeah so it wasn't until 16 where like i said i've been dealing with this since 12 but kind of like secretively and I didn't really want anyone to know what was going on. And then it wasn't until that breakup and that cheating and that whole thing where I tried to kill myself. And I left a note for my parents. And by the grace of God, they found it and ended up meeting me. I had like an open gym thing that I needed to go to. And after that, I was planning on just taking off. I didn't know where I was going to go do this, what I was going to do. I had my weapon. I had my plan. I said my goodbyes at 16. Yep. And um, I remember hugging all my teammates that night after open gym and just thinking, like, they don't know, but I know. Like, this is their last time they're going to see me. And I was okay with it. I was just, like, and obviously, like, sick. <laughs> and... But I walk outside after open gym and both my parents' vehicles are surrounding my vehicle. I'm like, 
oh crap like they found my note like way too soon that was perfect obviously and that was when i manipulated them and like please don't send me away like this is like that was their first inkling of like something's wrong and like they just had no idea to interrupt you right there like so where did or how did how did things go after that like were you still very much on your own like where were your parents trying to fill in i know you said you manipulated them did you kind of like deflect and, and internalize yes and i just want to point out right away that my parents are absolutely incredible with this whole thing they are very 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 supportive they try to understand as best they can and they but sometimes it becomes almost too much because they're like oh we could try this we could try that i've been looking into this therapy and that therapy and done i asked my parents multiple times like is there anything in the family or whatever just kind of nonchalantly and they'd kind of say like oh yeah this person has anxiety this person dealt with seasonal depression that was kind of like it like my parents don't deal with it my sisters like i could describe my sisters in one word it is like just vibrant like walk in the room and they're just like both of them like i have an older and a younger sister and both of them are just that type of presence that enter- enters a room and you just want to like gravitate towards them because they're so happy they're so bright they're so and, like, like i just felt like always... thought you were what like your parents thought you were almost like they think that you're all is well right and then you come out doing this and it's like that's got to be so mortifying for a parent yeah and i kept that notebook and i have not read it until this past um situation that i've been going through i finally opened it up and read it again and i just started bawling because i was like i feel the same way right now at 23 and i'm a little 16 year old unmedicated writing this and i still feel this way because kind of jumping all over the place here but my parents have been very very supportive with that whole thing so I said I manipulated them yes but they I hadn't been to counseling even at this point like I hadn't done anything so that's where we started was well you need to see a counselor I'm like obviously something like I need to see a counselor yes (laughs) oh we went and did that we went and saw doctors and then it kind of just became like a guessing game meds for so many years and I remember thinking mom like I've been on this med for over a year and I still have these urges and I still feel this way and she was like oh really and I'm like yeah like we need to do something so we would go back and I'd tell the doctor that and she's like a OBGYN so that's her specialty so it was just kind of like guessing you know and you didn't have any idea though like this is like you didn't think oh this is what's wrong with me it's like you just legit had no clue oh i just thought i was this like sad dark girl like wow. i just or that got wound up all the time i don't know like mm-hmm. i just it was Can't such a foreign you. thing for even me at that time got 14 if you think back mental health really wasn't that like yeah no talked about or anything so i was just kind of like no i don't have that like no way no way that's what a lot of people deal with is the denial. Yep. No, it can't be. Yeah. I've, I've been there too. I mean, it's it's scary coming forward and like you don't have any benchmark. You don't know where to start. So starting from scratch, uh, it's it's like where do we go? And then especially with medicines, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm proud of you for like sticking through it because I started recently 
And actually, next week, I'm going in to uh, talk to, like, a professional doctor about, like, some bipolar stuff that might be going on. Mm-hmm. Hopefully get medicated. But, but like, my my wariness to, like, taking medicine is always just, like, they it's kind of a crapshoot. Like, they get you in the general vicinity of, like, these are your symptoms, and they start on whatever. And, like, that's mm-hmm. what killed me for the first time. Like, I went in, I checked myself into a hospital, got medicated, got out, and I was, like... I knew the medicine wasn't right for me, but I was scared to say anything for yeah, people like, like think I was lying or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's yeah. a lot out there. Oh, but I'm going off of that. Like with the meds, I, that's when I spoke up to the doctor. I'm like, this isn't working. It's just straight up not working. Like I feel like I'm just taking a med. It's just not working. And I said, is there any type of blood test you can do to see what I metabolize? And she goes, oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, please do it. So right. she did it. And I hadn't been metabolizing this med for the past year and a half. It was just so going it wasn't working. Like, and then she goes, oh, my God, you don't metabolize any um, opioids. You don't metabolize any Tylenol. Have you ever tried Tylenol for your headaches? And I was like, yep. She goes, doesn't work, right? And I'm like, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Because like my mom was like, what was that? Though? They give you opioids? Well, she was just saying if you were to ever get into a big car accident, you are not going to be able to metabolize these. I was like, well, I have been in a car accident, and they gave me an opioid, and it made me, like, messed up. And she goes, well, that's probably because you don't metabolize it. And your body was, like, weirded out by it, you know? I thought it, like, legit just had no effect. Like, you could take uh, a Perk 30 and be, like, cool. Like, not even notice. And that same thing with fentanyl, apparently, because I went, yeah, and not that I've, like, done it. That (laughs) sounds bad. I had a procedure done where they needed to use fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, they use it for medical procedures, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was wide awake. Hear the nurse going, I've already pushed 60 cc's of fentanyl and 20 cc's of this. And the doctor goes, she's looking at me in the eyes, push more. So that's when I knew. Good. After that procedure, cool. I looked at my chart and I'm like, it says I metabolize fentanyl. Clearly, I don't. So like, anyway, my body has a very hard time metabolizing. Things are just weird with meds with me. And that's been my my journey lately has been like changing meds. And <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's something. Med changes are just something. Well... Tommy, you want but, to go into yours a little bit then, so we could start off on this me- on the grounds of medication. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll catch my background and and get us up to this point. So, um, from a young age, I definitely I can relate to you in like the seeing precursors in my childhood of like some probably bipolar. I definitely was like had some mood swings going on. I was very explosive with my anger, but at the same time. I was able to, like, I wore a lot of masks. Like, I was similar to, like, your siblings, where I was that bright and bubbly person. I was always outgoing. I was lifting everybody else up. Like, I was class clown. Mm-hmm. I was I was always there. And I it was funny because I always had this, like, inner, like, sadness or, like, feeling that was there. But, like, I couldn't share it with, or I didn't feel like I could share it with anyone. It's, like, it didn't feel like it was me. So... Fast forward, I started getting more and more pressure just from my family to succeed. I think it's always been in there in my life. And I think maybe it's recently it started to like, you know, make things crack or at least make me pay attention to it. So 
when I checked into a mental health facility, it was actually when I was working with Kevin and and Trevor and uh, I presented with a lot of like manic, like a lot of like mania symptoms, which like they can go unnoticed because especially in the army, everything is go, go, go. We're all high mm -hmm. achievers. So I think one day I, I like, tore apart an engine and then I was supposed to show somebody else something. So normally I would have like gone home, come back the next week, done it again. But I was I was like wired like these. You can ask ask KD and Trevor. Like I was, they thought I was on coke or or had like a thousand yeah, monsters. Yeah, no bullshit. People were like coming to me because I was Tommy's best friend, and they're like, "Dude, have you ever seen him do coke or anything?" I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, I've partied with Tommy. If anyone's doing coke, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, I remember, like, because I did quality control in the army, right? So when Tommy would put an engine back together, I would make sure that it's put back together, right? And so he put the insides, like the innards of the engine, so to speak, uh, back together. But I didn't see something in there, I think. So he had to take it all apart so I could make sure that that part was in there and then put it all back together. And he's working so fast and walking all like quick, just like super high energy. But he wasn't sad or anything. Like you weren't, you know, yeah, bombed man. out. You were just like emotionally neutral, I'd say. Just working really fast. It's like your and, brain like, is not there at all like you were just yeah. like yeah and then someone's like, like are you good and it's I, like i knew it too but like like i said the army is like everyone everything is go 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 so it on paper it looked good it's like yeah. yo this guy just took apart an engine like twice in an hour oh my goodness like but ooh. people who know you are like because you were doing it correctly. It wasn't like you were all whacked out slapping shit on where it didn't belong. Like you were doing oh, it. It's flawless bro let's get it <laughs> and that's that's something that's new for me is since I've left the mental hospital, I went last November. Um, insomnia has something I've developed, and mania has been something I've developed after that, which does not make sense to me. I don't know why. It's almost like new meds that they're putting me on are making me a certain way, and now they're like, oh, well, you're bipolar 1 now. Like, bipolar 1 is the one that's lesser of the two and less intense of the two. And like I read up on symptoms and I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I really think there's a med I'm taking that's making me like manic or something okay. because I don't know how all of a sudden I'm just bipolar like and manic. Like I've never had manic episodes. It was always like I'm like dead, sleeping, like cannot wake up. But when I started going manic, I was like, this is awesome. I'm getting like so much stuff done. Blah, blah, blah. Nice, right. Yeah. yeah. And then people yeah. are like you look insane like i had to have people come up to me and literally tell me like early you look like you're going crazy and i'm like so, so the manic episode that's new mania is new to you and yes. your experience and i'm i'm the inverse i've never like or i've had a little bit of both but like i started having those manic episodes and it led to me like i'm, I'm grateful kevin you know and his wife they like sat me down and were like hey we think you need to go like to a facility like let's go and i was mm -hmm. down for it i went I think um, it's hard. It's it's hard because it was still late for me, so I was still fighting a lot of stigmas. It's like I wanted to get help, but at the same time, I was like, this feels like all the crap that I've seen in the movies. Like, it, it was foreign. It was scary. Mm -hmm. And that led to me not being as open as I should have been, and I think I got prescribed the wrong medications. And then that's where I've been weary to it now, and I'm glad that I've, like, come full circle. I've been going to, like, talk to a counselor and everything, and I'm ready to... Like sit down, talk to a doctor, and actually figure out what kind of medicine could actually help me. Yeah, 
Yes. Like you were doing your internship program when this was all happening, right, Tommy? So you were like by yourself that whole time. It was it, uh, what I think the two factors that contributed were like a lot of pressure, a whole lot of pressure that I had been like just like bundling up from about to being transitioning from the army to like still, you know, you're on the edge. It's like I'm still in, but I know that I can't do all of these things anymore. And then also like isolating, like it was, it felt like I was about to be like booted out by myself. So I kind of isolated myself even more, which I got to say, like, don't do that. Like reach out to people, talk to somebody. Can I share something with you? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So this is something that I share with like multiple people. I don't know if you've watched it, but you need to watch it. It's called Stuts on netflix has anyone seen it stutz s-t-u-s-t-u-t-z it stars jonah um what's his last name he's so funny he's in so many movies yeah yeah and it's him and it's him with his psychologist or psychiatrist and psychiatrist says counselor and it's mainly about his all the things that he's helped him with and he wants to be able to share that with the world because it's helped him so much so it's literally him interviewing his psychologist psychiatrist god dang it this is <laughs> with jonah hill yes it's so good and so one of the first things he says is like you want your friends to listen and therapists to give you advice but it's vice versa and like one of the main things like people always like reach out to me because i've always been that person to what we were saying earlier is when I'm down, I reach out to multiple people, make sure everyone in my group's okay. Because if I'm not okay, I need to make sure everyone else in my life is okay. It's just how it works. But I always would tell them that if you're lost, um, just work on your life force. And they're like, well, what is that? And then one possibility means you feel yourself reacting differently. Like your life force, what's my purpose? What do I do next? What should I be doing? You can always work on your life force. That's the answer. The only way to find out what you should do, who you are, is to activate your life force because your life force is the only part of you that is actually capable of guiding you when you're lost. There's three levels of it. And the first level is the relationship with your body. And then it goes up to the relationship with people. And then it goes up to the most important relationship with yourself. And body, you start with, you're supposed to start here, but it's really, really easy to jump up and be like, no, I'm going to work on myself. But you need to work on this first, and this is where I'm at right now. And not exercising, diet, sleep. Exercise, diet, sleep. 85% of people feel better if they do this step first. If they figure out their body. And then, this is what you're talking about with your relationships and how you feel like you're isolating yourself and you're losing people and well it's not like that like it's not that they end their relationships it's like a ship disappearing over the horizon they start to get pulled back away from their life and this part right here is what made me like flip and I was like okay we need to actually take initiative with these people that are asking me to do things relationships are like handholds to let yourself get pulled back into life the key is you have to take the initiative if you expect them to take the initiative you don't understand and then you get to yourself. Get yourself in a relationship with your unconscious because nobody knows what's in their unconscious unless they activate it. Writing is a trick with this. Like, 
I'm writing, writing, writing. I'm like, holy shit, what just came out? You know, like you don't like that's true. Like you really don't know what comes out. And then enhance your relationships with yourself by writing. It doesn't matter what you write. The writing reflects what's going on in your unconscious. And things just come out in writing form that you didn't know that you knew. And yeah, so overall, if you're lost, don't try and figure out figure out your life force first. But I just wanted to like comment on that part about how you were saying about how your relationships, you feel like they're, like people feel like you're pulling away from them when really it's like you're getting sucked away from it all and they don't get that. And I think too, yeah, to like you can, like the, you have to take the initiative. I think that goes especially for the people that may have someone in their life going through something. Like with your shit, Tommy, right? I, I didn't think about it right, but looking back on it, I did take the initiative to say, I know he's not well. I'm going to get him at least in front of me so we can work something out right. Most definitely. It's like, I, it's hard for me to imagine because if I'm in a bad mental health place, like I'm, I'm like a textbook self isolator, right? So it's like, can, should I take the initiative? Yeah, but then it'd also be. I think helpful to me if the people around me that saw that were taking initiative as well. Like yeah. one, two, punch kind of. And that's the whole. That's what I always think too, and like that's something I'm trying to learn too. That goes along with your expectations. Is like we just need to lower our expectations, honestly. Like, uh, but unfortunately, people like us hold such high expectations and benefit of doubt and trust, just like surrounding these people that are in our life until we have concrete proof of like. Oh, that's at least that's how it is for me. But yeah. So, like a lot of things too, like I think are so obvious if you know to kind of look through them or look at them through a mental health lens. Like Tommy, you were like mad paranoid. That was my first red flag. You were talking about the maintenance guy and then your phone. And I'm like, bro, okay, this is a red flag number one. Well, I've come, I've had to learn and I've, I've come to like learn myself, like the, taking the initiative, it goes both ways. Cause like, yes, that's on you and it's on my support group to take the initiative to get to me. But like at the end of the day, I've got to do it. Like I, I knew I was getting wild. I knew that I was like bugging out and I wanted to reach out, but a lot of it is like, you know, I didn't want to feel like a burden or, you know, I was just naturally avoidant to that stuff. And it, like that wasn't the healthy answer, but it's like I said, like now I've moved forward to know like, okay, sometimes like I get super paranoid. Sometimes I get a little manic. So when I start having like these thoughts that I'm like questioning a bunch, like I need to reach out, just reach out to somebody, just go talk to somebody, anybody that's close to me. Even if it's just to be like, Hey man, can you tell me that I'm not crazy real quick? Like Tommy, you're not crazy. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's exactly. why you call me and ask me that shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And go no, back to sleep without it. No, I know. <laughs> now, how, yeah, how, often yeah. do, how often do both of you write then? Every day. Oh, every day, to. yeah. Yeah. If I don't, I kick myself. Like, it's just like, hey, what did you just show? Oh, watch out. Watch out. Oh, my oh, God. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that wasn't writing... planned. You're listening. What was that? That wasn't planned, y'all. That are listening. Yeah, that was, yeah. notebook sponsor us. Right <laughs> the notebooks, please. 
But um, no, I wrote heavily while I was in the mental hospital and in that book. And then I've continued writing and I shared pe- with people like, cause I was just, I witnessed so much and learned so much. Like there's, I don't even know. There's a lot of. So you have like, about. you have like years of journals to go back to. Yes. But this part is just from like when I just went last November and I got two, I, I got two questions. How often do you go back and and reflect? And also, what are some of the things that you've learned from going back and re- like opening up, you know, and reading some old journal posts? You mean like I've only went to the mental hospital once. <laughs> oh no, no, I mean um your journal, like like your writing, like when you go back and read oh. your old writing, like what have you learned about yourself? How does it help you? Is that how unwell my brain really was at the time? Like you don't really realize. How bad things are until you go back on like well, I'm feeling good today I'm gonna go back and like skim through like three weeks ago and it's just really really eye-opening seeing that I I do a lot of comparing which you shouldn't compare but like with that kind of stuff I think it's kind of beneficial if, especially in your if you're you feel like you're better and then you look back at an old one and you're like whoa I was thinking so negatively about this 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 and this and now I'm thinking about this so clearly something's helping here whether it's meds, coping, people, environment, whatever, I think a lot of my help lately has been this platform. Seriously. Like, it's insane how much this platform has made me feel like I'm actually helping people. I'm not, I don't know. It's, it's been incredible. But what was, did I answer both of them? What was the other you, question? You provided more than enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that, that makes sense. Okay, sounds good. I ask how long you were in the the hospital for? I was in there for a week. So, technically, you can be in there for, like, two weeks. Technically, you can be in there for, like, a month. Sometimes, like, their limit is two weeks based on beds. (laughs) And then, um, if you're still there, they pretty much say, we need you to go away for, like, a day. And then you can come back. (laughs) <laughs> like oh, type of thing like they for some reason they have to do that discharge thing and some people come in where they have like a strict protocol of i need to be in here for three weeks like the jail made sure or, like things like that but like my situation i voluntarily checked myself in and it was based off of how much i was going to get out of it if i was participating and all that and in their eyes i got my homework and everything done Within that time, because like I said, I went in with a very positive mindset at this age because I wanted to learn. I wanted to be better. I want to live. I want to want to live. And so, yeah. How long were you in there for, Tommy? Uh, I mean, they didn't have a procedure where you could leave for a day, but I, I decided to leave. So getting into that story a little bit, uh, I was it's good that you were in a good place and you decided to go in because I I decided to go in voluntarily, but I wasn't ready for it. So I was kind of like fighting them the whole way. And I was super paranoid. I was super manic. And I am very athletic. So I actually wound up is like is- escaping. Like I ran Why away. Why do you do that as if it's like <laughs> metaphorically escaping? Yeah, like, you know, they have, like, codes and stuff. Like, they'll be like, I'm going to call a code blue, like, for pe- when people get wa- rowdy. And, like, all the nurses come and swarm them. So, like, I was I was trying to, like, sign out against medical advice. Like, I got in there, and I was like, I don't, I don't, this feels like jail. I want to get out. 
So I was in there for Dead maybe like clip. a week. And then um, I like, I slid out, like, I, I guess I kept trying to escape because they had already like taken my shoes from me. So then like I slid out like when the janitor came because I wasn't allowed to go to the cafeteria. And then this nurse is following me. She's like, yo, don't do it. Don't do it. And I <laughs> Spider-Man my way up the wall, jumped over a fence and made my way back to Fort Campbell. How did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a story for another time. Yeah, but like my you got back onto Fort. Like you pulled up to Fort Campbell though, and like when I heard this, I'm like, thank God they didn't just shoot his ass. Cause oh yeah, because yeah. where are you from? I'm from Georgia originally, but like we were all stationed in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. It's it's right on the borderline, like Tennessee, Kentucky, right there. Oh. <laughs> that could have been way worse than yeah and like I, you know I, I got out of a mental facility so it's like i i had like shorts like no shirt like no shoes sure, no were socks. you in like their their fit that they gave you well yeah but i like i knew that i wasn't gonna show up like a mental health like patient so i took the socks off and like i was trying to like look as normal as possible Your grippy socks <laughs> yes yeah, like literally i was like i'm not gonna show up in grippy socks like they're they're gonna shoot me off <laughs> like They'll never know. They'll know where I came from. I I escaped. I went back, and when I went back, I was like, "All right, like let me let me just do it." Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it it was the start of my process. That's that's what I will say. Like, there's it's it's for me. It's not a one and done or anything. It's just like you. Everybody needs some kind of help. Like you might as well start somewhere. And the sooner you start, the sooner you can like start unpacking everything. Yes. So I'm just going to say a little bit because I kind of have been jumping all over the place. But after like the whole 16 deal, so I like, and then we did the blood test or whatever to figure out like what med would work. And then I was on that med for a solid like six years. And that takes me to this year. And then I realized within the past year, like this year, like th there was issues going on with me and my boyfriend, just like drinking and driving, alcoholism, things like that not really treating me the best when he was drunk stuff and then so that was kind of like depleting and then I realized over the years like he'd been it would have been four years in May that we'd been together but we broke up and I ended up find that wasn't the reason we broke up though I ended up finding we went to Vegas together in the beginning of September and I've just been kind of like ignoring these issues. Like we have a, a house together. We have a dog together. Like I truly thought this was going to be like my person I'm going to marry, you know? And then it kind of became like a, after eight months of like, we're doing the whole like wife, husband, whatever fun live together. All of a sudden it feels like we're 40 years old and routine is just like, you know, like both go to work and it, like, it was just whatever. So that shit happened. And then I, we go to Vegas and, yeah. And then I was like, okay, my self-love and my self-care all of a sudden just like, was like, I'm already not a very confident person. And when I saw that from somebody that I thought like truly fucking loved me, you know, and he's done all the work since then, like changed completely. Like, I just want you back, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I'm working on me now. Like that's down the road type shit. Like I'm still trying to figure out this brain. Oh, no, don't but go back. That really just, like, shattered me and my self-love and myself. Self. And that's when I moved out, and I realized 
I don't feel like eating. I don't feel like doing this. I don't care. Like I, that's when the sickness started really, really hitting me again of like, we didn't figure this out. We just kept surpassing year after year by their partners. We would lean on family, friends, holidays, vacations. It was always looking forward to the next thing and just kind of like killing with this brain. And finally my, my, it was work who pushed me like I, I lost 30 pounds and I wasn't trying to, it was just sloughing off me with stress and depression and whatever. And my boss finally approached me and said, Carly, I'm sorry, but you need to go on work leave. You are sloughing away. We work with large animals. We work with cattle. We work with horses. I'm scared for you. You lifted an 80-pound do- 80 dog on the table yesterday, and I thought your arms were going to snap. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fine. Like, she goes, honey, not fine. You're sloughing away. Like, and I know it's your guts, and I know it's your head. You need to go and get figured out. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went and did that. Like, that's, like, a hard thing. Yeah. And, like, one that's gracious enough for them to even give me the opportunity because a lot of people be like, F you go figure out your mental health. You're fired. No, I'm not fired. I'm on, I've been on lease for 10 months. Like, and that's what I feel so bad about. I was like, see you in a month. No, <laughs> like, this process is so with the meds. Like I'm only still sitting here, not at work because of the meds right now. But, um, yeah. Does, like, your work not let you be on these meds, or, like, what do you do? No, well, the thing, I'm a vet tech, and I work with um, large and small animals, so, like, I assist in surgery, I'm working anesthesia, I'm helping with halvings and foalings, all the things with large animal and small animal, like, South Dakota, just think of, like, everything Thinking of a possible. Horse. We do it <laughs> and I love it like I love my job working with animals working cattle working all that but she's right my body is not strong enough to be there right now and that's a hard pill to swallow <laughs> but that's a sign of a good employer though like they care yeah. about you as a person over the getting yeah. the job done yeah and her thing is too that she has a brother that dealt with this and she watched her whole life so she knows and understands so She's like my mom, like my second mom. Like she's absolutely incredible. And I just talked to her like days ago and she, and I was talking to her about like, I don't even know if I want to stick around here anymore. I think I want to move, honestly. Like I think I just need a different environment and I have my degree, but I feel so selfish because of like the time you've given me. And she goes, Carly Joe. And I was like, Uh Oh, and she was like, no, she was mad. I even thought that she would be mad. Right. Oh, she was like, you seriously think that I would hold you back from your dreams? You're 23 years old. I'm literally telling my daughter right now that if she has dreams that she wants to go and chase, go and do it. And I said, well, you guys literally saved my life. Like, I cannot say enough. But if you guys did not push me to go and get this help done, I wouldn't have went to the mental hospital. I wouldn't have learned all these things. I wouldn't have just, I truly don't think I'd still be here, honestly. And anyway, with the whole boyfriend thing that's kind of how things ended up and then I realized holy crap we have some work to do yet and it's really easy to think you're fine and you're great when you're with someone or things are going great with your job or going great with family and then when you're actually by yourself or you have nobody else to depend on it's just you 
when I moved out and I was like, it was just numb. It was just like, I don't care about anything that has, you know, like yeah, even hygiene. No, I know. Cause it's no, just like, to me, <laughs> I, I messaged you a little ridiculous. bit of my story. I've told it on a podcast a couple of times, but I was overseas, got cheated on, got the text from Kevin that someone else was at my, my house that I was paying for. And Six she was in there with him. And I didn't know what to feel. I didn't know if it was true or not. I, I didn't even know what to think. I had no idea what was going on. And when I moved home a couple months after the divorce, they said, hey, you're also getting out of the military medically. So I was also cutting my contract short by like about a year and a half. And I wanted to be in the military for 20 years. So this whole time I'm thinking I'm going to be in 20 years, thinking I have the girl by my side. And then I lose the girl. I lose the job. And now... I don't even know where to go because she's staying in that town. So I wasn't going to keep my house and stay in that town either. So now I'm like, like, well, what the fuck? What do I do? In our town, there's not multiple of one thing. There's like two bars, a few grocery stores. Like it's bad. Yeah. Same. Yeah. (laughs) And so I, I didn't know where to go. I knew I had to leave. Called my mom, said, I got to get out of here. And for about eight months, I was just waiting to leave because the army wouldn't let me leave. And I knew I was going to leave. So for eight months, I didn't know what to feel, didn't know how to feel. And that's, yeah, that's how I ended up. Just just like you, like, what the hell? I I got to do something, but I can't. And it was, like, perfect time. With with the way this platform came out, like, the timing of it, it it was like the second mental hospital for me, if that makes sense. Wow. Like, the second. I'm serious. Like that's, it's, you know, it, that's why we record in here too, is because we want when people join to get on the show as a guest. Now they're part of the community that we have in here, and we are gonna just slowly like, build it up. Yeah, and I've been sharing this with so many people, and a lot of people, of course, because like the first time I heard about it, I was like, "Okay, I need to download Discord. I need to download Twitch." Like, I didn't have all these things, you know. Like, I don't know if it's just like a Dakota thing we just don't have that or something but <laughs> it's a big gamer all... thing yeah yeah that's what i've noticed too there's games Shit, I, and... I did it's, want it's more casual yeah yeah it's but like as i'm like part. explaining this platform and things to people they're one super confused so then i go through the whole like explaining how it works and then i get into like this is what i do this is some of the things i've said this is just a little glimpse of like our chat and then we'll be like holy crap like you don't even know those people and i'm like well i'm getting to know them and they're like my family now like oh we all come in there as complete ass strangers like some of them know each other because they've been doing this whatever but like me i know no one like i'm pretty sure none of these girls really know anyone either unless they had a brother that was involved or somebody involved that way but i just think it's incredible and the amount of help and i've gotten like i honestly wanted to share a little bit about the male stigma that me and sab talked about but i don't know if sab is going to be on an episode or not no no um he might have an episode i wanted to get into it anyway so we'll dive into it and then we'll go again with him but okay can i add something real quick continue going for a bit i just want to add though like you touched on the employer part a little bit like if you're in a position where you have an employee where you can kind of bend the rules, so to speak, to help them, I think you absolutely should. Like when Tommy was going through his, he had like a manic episode and then he he left for a little bit, so to speak, right? 
So my boss was talking to me because we were both kind of over Tommy and we were just walking, talking, figure out how we can help him. And we had to lie and break the rules, but we knew it was to help you. Like it was the right thing to do, right? And yeah, I, and I, I I forgot about that one. That was actually before the mental hospital. They had I that was I had had a little manic episode around like I was having some car issues and also financial issues, trying to figure out how to fix it. And I I gotta say like that was the biggest help. Was like I was freaking out. I was still working really well, but you know they were talking to each other. They were kind of like something's off with you, bro. What's wrong? And me not even knowing about like bipolar or manic episodes or anything, I was just like oh, this is just normal stress and my car is broken or whatever. But the biggest help was that they were literally like, go do what you got to do and we'll cover you. We got you. Yeah, like in the Army, there's a mileage radius, right? So on Fort Campbell, you're not supposed to go farther than like 250 miles. This dude texts me, Tommy, texts me in the morning, what's the mileage radius? And I told him what it was. And then that afternoon, my boss was talking to me about him and what was going on, trying to game plan how we could kind of not make this a huge dish like issue and then no it worked though like we we like took you off everything and shit like my or my boss's boss asked me about tommy one time if he got like some paperwork and i'm like you know i don't know just like not really giving him anything you know and i was like bro yeah. if this comes to light i'll get fired for this i don't give a shit dude <laughs> if it did though you need to be proud of yourself like you kevin well that must, that. that's why like, i don't all... feel bad because I knew it was helping. Like, well, yeah, and like I feel like if the boss would have knew known like the extent of what you're trying to do because of what you know, I feel like anyone with the heart that kind of understands would be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. But people aren't people like that. A lot of them aren't. They're just like, okay, figure it out then. Especially in the Army, yeah, around. where it's black and white. Sure. Yeah. We need people here to deploy now. Like, We can't be sending people away for vacation whenever yeah. they fucking have a manic episode. Like, what do you oh, think? Yeah. You're like, a we don't have time for this, I'm sure. Like, oh yeah, yeah. never yeah. enough time for you in the army. Like, you don't report for like three days, I think the reg is, and you you get marked as a wall, absent without leave. A yeah. wall. A wall, meaning you're like a a fucking fugitive, right? And I'm yeah. like, bro, I'm not gonna let that happen. No, like whole ass fugitive wanted by the by the United States government. You got to be kidding me, bro. You think I'm what this can't be a future to me. Yeah. I appreciate that. I will say the door the door is open, though. It's, it's cracking open, but, like, I started seeing more people, like, reaching out and going to get help for, like, what was going on in their heads. Like, it's a, it's a stressful environment, and it's, like, we got to do better. Like, we as people, like, we got to pull each other up. Like, that's all we got. Mm-hmm. It's community, like, man. Trevor right there, bro. He went to mental health, got, like, half our shop going there right out. <laughs> Because I was so yeah, it's a big stigma. We'll we'll use this to get into your stigma talk, because there's a big stigma to go into any type of therapy at all in the army. Because one, you're scared everyone's gonna make fun of you because it's a stigma to even go in if my hands broken. It's like what the fuck are you going in for your hands broken, dude? You could still work, you could still run. So yeah, that's a big stigma in itself. <clears throat> big stigma to go to therapy and then going to therapy, you're like shit. For us. In the unit we were in, we needed a secret clearance. So what if I tell, like, can my therapist still go and tell people what I'm telling them? Can he not? Can, like, is this really confidential? If I say something, will I lose my job? Will I lose everything that I've worked for? Will I lose my house? Everything? Will I get kicked out of the army? Who knows? And so I was already getting kicked out. I'm out of this joint in like six months. I'm like, you know what? I have nothing else to do. I'm already sitting at home. <laughs> like, let's let's just go to therapy. 
And so I would show up <clears throat> to work in like sweatpants, sweatshirt, and a book. And people were like, Trevor, dude, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, dude, I'm going to therapy. They're like, good. Like, it looks like you need to go to therapy, dude. <laughs> like, like, what you're doing right now? Like, what the fuck is this? We don't know this, Trevor, because like, I'm, I would say by the way you describe your sisters, I'm in that boat. Like, I walk into the room and I'm smiling. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Trevor's here because he's in here yelling, smiling, laughing, whatever the hell. Everyone knows yeah. where Trevor's at. <laughs> like, let it be known yeah. where I'm at. So I walk in with all this stuff on, like slouching going to therapy and they're like what the hell and then the next week i go in for therapy it's like oh yeah dude i went last week who are you talking to like oh i'm I'm talking to sweeney who are you talking to oh i'm talking to you know like and it was it started to be like a bonnie thing like dude we're all going to therapy this is like at least six people it was remarkable oh my god yeah so if you want to use that talk about the stigma (laughs) yeah Yeah. no okay so my original like um girlies chat when we were talking about like the five pillars and um i instantly went off about um in the mindset one and just wanted to get my story out there and let people know i guess i could read the whole thing i don't know yeah how long have you been kind of building this community or like working working in this community this is working uh, this is io tommy irrational optimist we've been putting them okay link below First, so they opened up, the dude running it actually opened up a, a separate chat for Irrational Sweethearts. And oh. this is our first Irrational Sweetheart on the show. So if people have been following along, <laughs> we're getting a little yeah. series together. So hopefully we'll get some more. We got a mom in there, so we'll get the mom yeah. on the show. I am not, I don't remember her. Love the moms. Shout out to moms. On family chat. Is that you put the Sweethearts group about right quick for the people that don't know? And hear that. Sorry. What are, what is the irrational sweethearts group about for those who are unfamiliar? Oh, irrational sweethearts is just. Um, how would I explain that compared to rational? I mean, we're the same as rational optimists, but we're the girl version of it that's finally been opened. I don't know how long you guys have had this, but I feel beyond blessed. Okay, where'd you go? Crap. I'm still in it. Yeah, you're yeah, still you're here. Good. You're good. Okay, so I can move around in here. And... Yeah. Okay, cool. But we talk, this group of girls is absolutely incredible. Like, the five pillars that we do, everyone in there is so great at, like, responding to everyone. And it's pretty much just like a little family. I don't know how to get back to this thing. If I'm you click the video. Below. Okay, hi. Yeah. <laughs> but... I'm still trying to figure out everything, honestly. So I can't give you like a, this is what we are. But so far we're, we try, like every time I put out a message, I try and say like, I hope more people will engage and whatever. Cause it seems to be the same, like seven, eight girls who seem to like stay consistent or whatever. And I feel like right now it's harder for us to like, just join into the family chat because it seems like, you, you bros are just like growing out you know and it's like when do we just like go in there you know so i feel like we're still trying to figure that out but a lot of us have this we all have the optimism and like the drive to want to be better in all of these different pillars and i don't know how to, i don't know how to explain it other than like an amazing family that's just supporting 
supporting the crap out of each other no matter where we're at and we want to meet each other we're following each other and everything because we want to talk to each other on every kind of platform we can like support each other in any way so a, a just, place by dope chicks for dope chicks yeah it's just absolutely insane like i've never met girls want to meet them like i'm just like where do you i want to fly out and meet all of you like i same with the men like i'm just like can we have like a huge get together like i just want to meet everyone like but yo all i can Rick. say is that group is absolutely incredible and has the biggest hearts and just cheering each other on no matter what you were doing is something you don't not enough people have and to have yeah. that is just amazing it's like it's not real catty like my wife's a nurse and it's mostly women as you can imagine she tells me there's all this cattiness and fighting and all this crap going on like none of that there's only been on. like like one catty <laughs> okay um argument kind of because i've been waiting for that honestly a little bit like just kind of like who's gonna like say something where someone's like no and there was one but and they were still like nice about it but it was very like this is how i believe i don't know how to explain it but um just say we're a lot better with guys like when we're in the guys group and we're like talking back and forth it's a lot easier to be that makes sense you know and Trevor you're down there laughing and giggling no it's because no, I'm actually no so I'm actually messaging Jake who runs the IO and I yeah. told him we need a bros chat and this might be why all the bros are in the family chat because when he opened you don't have a bro chat? no we do but everybody who was already in IO before he opened up yeah. the sweethearts has to reselect their role so that they can be in the bros chat. So I guarantee you what's happening is all these dudes have no idea. Maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. I'm just an idiot who has no idea. So No, because I've there's some things where I'm like, do they know that there's girls in here? Like I feel like there's some guys that say stuff and I'm like because it's been like guy, 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 guy. <laughs> so they think they're in the bros chat. And then I'll just be like, I'm just gonna like something out there so they know a girl's here <laughs> like yeah. i don't know i love the family chat so much like and jake asked um what do you love about this or whatever i said something about how i wish more people had the opportunity to be able to have such open-minded conversations with the opposite gender a multitude of subjects not just like one three you know it's like anything we could talk about and it's just it's very unbiased but it's just understanding and cheering each other on you're not like pissed off at somebody if you have like a different opinion you say it in a way that's very very respectful and i just like just love that so much and that's the whole thing about how people need to talk more people just need to like talk to people more and, like that whole thing about how girls being able to talk to guys about issues that we don't understand as the opposite gender, like to be able to have an open conversation and be positive and not like, Oh my God, they think this, they think that like, I'm not, I'm not that person who's like pro fem, like all feminist or I like, you know, I'm just kind of like, I don't understand why we can't just be like, no, that that's dope though. Cause we don't know. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's some podcasts that we watch and it's like, you got the dude, who is obviously going to disagree with all the women on the show and the women thinking all this this stuff. And it's like, this isn't a good faith discussion. This is just like, 
it's, yeah, it's like a battle of, of the sexes all the time and i just hate that shit like there's no reason <laughs> well yeah and it's it's important for young men especially with the red pill shit going around and i just made a tweet about this because it's a big thing in the young men red pill community to wait until yeah. you're 30 to find a woman and that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard because now you have all these young men going through their 20s running around sleeping with women, not figuring out what the hell a woman even thinks of. So, <laughs> you know, if you're never in a relationship with a woman, you'll have no damn clue what the hell goes on. And when you're 30, you're even more fucked. Bro, like, what gets me, dude, is like the dudes are like, oh, I want a, tra uh, a, a traditional virgin when I'm older, right? But then they run and sleep with all these chicks before they get there. It's like, bro, you're making more of the problem. Like, what are you doing bro yeah like, <laughs> yeah hello? Don't get what hello. it is about like the virgin and it's like <laughs> leave her alone she's a virgin for a reason like she's yeah. keeping it that way for a reason it's like a guy the goal about like you know there's a thing out there about virgins and like i'm going to deflower her i'm going to be the one like she's like why is that a thing i don't understand that so if i in my head dude if i'm a if i'm gonna aim for that kind of chick it's going to be like to marry. Like if, yeah, you, yeah. if you were like talking about taking it or t getting a virgin in the bag, bro, and you don't intend on being in a relationship with her long term, you're part of the problem in my eyes. So you could just walk away and be like, yeah, I took that girl's virginity. <laughs> Got her. Congrats. <laughs> like had her right, right where I wanted her. <laughs> no, That's I super. It is cool. cool though. Yeah. Have that space. Like you learn kind of how each other's mind works. Like, how yeah. women and men like both make decisions. There's definitely things like I'm sure people don't agree with that I say and things that I see that I don't agree with. I just don't comment, you know, like there's certain things yeah. like that too. Like I'm sure it's me like you see it a lot on Twitter is like people disagree on shit, but there's never a chance they're going to agree on it. Like no one's going to be like, oh, I'm on the right and you're on the left. We're going to get to a point where we can agree on shit and someone's going to change their mm -hmm. mind. Like, it's never going to happen. This is just all pointless, bro. It's kind of like how the generational gap, like, there's never going to be an understanding really there. There just won't. Like, with the generational differences and, like, like my grandparents versus me. Oh, never going to understand. Parents versus you. Yeah, even parents versus yeah. me. Like, in a sense, they they try to, but they they don't know. Like, nobody knows until they're in that, yeah, whatever. Good luck explaining oh, Bitcoin to anyone over 30 years old. <laughs> the bitcoins no not the bitcoins dude they it's like they cannot conceptualize it dude it's the craziest thing but uh shit dude i mean yeah tommy you, you want to take over the last question normally kevin does the last question you got a last hey, final do, question do you, you want to ask um i got one is i hear a lot of young women say 24 to 18 are on are suffering with depression and anxiety, right? Why do you think so many young women are all having the same issues? I think it has a lot to do with our society and our societal views on the way you should look and the way you sh should be acting and a lot of things out there now, especially with like TikTok and like influencers and things like that. And I do this every day with my routine and this and that and like, I feel like that has a lot to do with it. For me personally, that was just like starting the social media thing. 
it was just like like I said it was chemical crap but I think a lot of it has to do too with like I'm sorry but men do not treat women the way they used to and um I think a lot of that might have to do with it too because there's a lot of just situations where girls are just completely like what just happened and it's almost like it could be girls too like because there's lesbians and things too like a girl could completely shatter someone but breakups are a huge a huge thing i feel like should be talked about more because there's a lot of situational depression and seasonal depression i feel like that needs to be talked about more too because there's a lot of people who just like oh yeah i have depression but it's like no you had depression you had seasonal depression and you had situational depression but you, yeah i don't i feel like a lot of people still don't even understand you might not even have when i say i have depression i say it because i have clinical depression yeah i was just going to say that that little bit right there is enough to throw me off even because i've been struggling with my girlfriend to understand clinical depression like clinical anxiety like you do have yes, a chemical, clinical anxiety. right? Yes. Like you have a chemical imbalance. I that to me that doesn't make sense to me yet. I that, but I'm working oh, on I, it. I, I, yeah. yeah. Like I'm still trying to. What somebody said something in there. No, oh, I mean, I'm I'm working on it, but it's just hard to conceptualize that someone because it's already hard enough to conceptualize the brain itself. Like that yeah. already is just an unbelievable piece that no one will ever understand. And now to try and understand that someone is at a disadvantage, like a genetic disadvantage with their brain, like I, I guess it's not too hard to understand log yeah. logistically, but to be in their shoes is like, I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me because I'm a person that it's only, I've only had situational depression. I'm not, I'm not clinically diagnosed. So I, I don't mm -hmm. really know what it's like to be constantly depressed like that or to keep coming back. Yeah. It's not, it's not even like a constant thing either. Like a lot of people think that too. It's one of those things where you don't, all of a sudden it's, it's a feeling. And like, that was a thing that I struggled with so hard in the hospital is like they preach and preach and preach about the circle of thoughts. Um, is it your circle feelings. of influence and like your circle of concern? Yeah, thoughts, feelings, behaviors. And then if you're feeling this certain way, and you're going to do this and now that you've done this now you feel even worse so then you're going to keep doing this and do like it's just a constant go 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 and so what i was going to like end with with why i think girls i want to say something that is going to piss a lot of people off but oh tap tap in <laughs> but honestly there's so many girls these days do not have something wrong with them they say they have something wrong with them for attention. And it's really, really frustrating. A lot of girls will say, I have a depression. And they went through one series three years ago or four years ago. And it's like, you had a depressive time. They, there's a lot of girls now who just go around like, I have anxiety. I take anxiety meds. Well, and it's like, people who don't tell you anything are the ones who really need it. You know, like, honestly, it's become yeah. such a thing now that and even with doctors on the doctor side, like my little sister, for one, was going through a situational depression. And like I said, she is a light, you know, and as soon as you get on antidepressants, they're usually like they keep you stable, you know, like you're not too high, you're not too low. 
And I said, Lindsay, when you're really happy and they put you on this, you're not going to feel that. If you're really sad, no, you're not going to feel that. But you're going to also get addicted to these meds. By the time you get off these meds, you're not going to feel like you're Lindsay again. I guarantee you that. I've been on these meds for how many years? And when I am off my meds, I am crazy. And I do not like that. I hate that. Like, I hate being, like, reliant on meds. But for chemical depression, you have to, you just have to understand that you have to take something. And that's just how you are. But I talked to Lindsay and I said, no. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but no. Because my mom was like, Carly, what do I do? And I'm like, absolutely not. I went and talked to her and I gave her that whole spiel and said okay I think I could be able to get through this and you I said you can you can get through this I'll help you like that's something that's so easy for doctors to just like send out and I was like oh we'll put you on anti-anxiety oh we'll put you on antidepressant and then they come out of the doctor like I'm on an antidepressant like gets a chip on their shoulder type thing woman I mean and I don't get that and I'm like why are you thinking you're like cool or are some I don't it's become such a thing in college too and i'll just sit there like again the girls and the people deal with it so severely they don't brag about it and be like i'm on this i'm on that like so i want to say that has a lot to do with it i think this statistic is not exactly it should be honestly and but then mainly like the societal just society honestly I mean, shit, can I add a quick add-on question then that I thought of when yeah. you answering? It's like, what do us men do that y'all just think is wrong? Does that make sense? Like, you guys do. Like, something we do that's just like, bro, I wish they really wouldn't do that. Or like, where a lot of men get kind of like a misconception about how, how they... I mean, when, when it comes to mental health or just in general? In general. Um... Like, I mean, like, something that always bothers me would be just the whole, like, men think they're always superior and right to women because we're so emotional and so in touch with our feelings. And, like, I, I hate that. I, don't know, I feel like I've met too many men. I don't really have that many issues with, like, and I don't know, <laughs> like... I don't know. Like, That's good. Um, <laughs> I got like one just off the top of my head. That I wanted to run by. Yeah. It was like I feel like a lot of men complain about finding a feminine woman, and they they think women should just be feminine and in touch with that side off the jump. It's like you have to be that masculine energy first for a woman to be vulnerable enough to reveal that side. You just gave me goosebumps. Oh my for real God. though, like we have to be the the one to start that shit, dude. Like, I'm not kidding. I, for real, it's like. I have to be the man of the house before I can expect her to be more in touch with her feminine side. Yeah. Shout out to Freak yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. It would, Yo. No, just with men overall, I feel like, I don't know. Women aren't the best either right now. Like all of us are just kind of like, we've been better in the past and we need to get back to that. Both genders, I think. I don't know. I've just that makes any sense at all. I don't know. No, it's cool. You believe neutral. you believe very neutral. Yeah, you believe that everyone should be better. And that's good. Yeah, and I feel like men deserve that chance too, not just like 
they're completely effed. Like, no, they're not. There's still plenty of growth for everyone. And there's just not enough understanding in so many subjects. And I'm sorry, but when it comes to men and understanding subjects, we need to sit down with most of them and like, like teach them and tell them and like show them versus just like telling them I have this, I have that. And then they're just like, okay, they don't know what's going on. You need to like, you just need to explain more and, but then you get into explaining more. And like, that was an issue with my boyfriend was like opposite Trevor, Trevor. And, um, he didn't understand it at all because he was such a, and he was like, well, like the chemical depression part was like, well, where's this coming from? What did I do? What happened? And I'm like, nothing, literally nothing happened. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Your brain's your strongest organ. Why can't you just flip it around? <laughs> Stop being sad. Um, That's the most yeah, man the shit I've ever heard. <laughs> That's the most yes. man shit. <laughs> yes. And I was like, why don't you come to counseling with me? You won't get counseled. You'll just sit there. But you hearing how she'll talk about it might help you. And he was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and then the whole <laughs> situation happened. And now he's like, oh, of course, I'll come to counseling with you. I'm like, shit. We were on the last show. We were talking about that. Like when a woman complains about something. Nine times out of ten, she doesn't want a solution. She just wants to be heard and told she's not crazy. But like us men are the opposite. Tommy comes to me and tells me he has a problem. I'm going to give him a solution. Yep. It's like if I say, you know, Tommy, I'm having issues with my wife. Oh, well, Kev, you're not crazy to think that. Like, okay, and? We didn't like, talk about the stigma, you guys. Oh, shit. No, you didn't talk about the stigma. Yeah. I, yeah. I know, because I'm having... <laughs> and I was running all over the place in my brain. God dang it. No, I mean, in the Army, the big – it's I think it rings true for a lot of the men outside of the Army, too, is just you go into work – you go into work on yourself, and, and people blow up about it. It's like, what the hell is this man going into work on himself? Us men, that's what we're supposed to do. We shouldn't need someone to help us work on ourselves. It's just so unfair because we're all human. Like, we all have a heart. We all have the same organs, the same – like, come on. Like, that's what I just don't understand. <laughs> Like what I was saying and like um, what seems like it's such a touching odd thing for males because they're perceived as weak or having this and that when they're supposed to be strong and the leader. Like what? Like gender discrimination much? <laughs> like yeah. I put a thing in here like the units mainly contain 85% young girls, teens and women while 15% contain men. Not boys, not young men. They're men usually like. Like, I'm just saying, like, statistically, that's how it is. There's usually not people our age in there as a male because of the way people make them feel about that. And, like, oh, you don't need that. Like, I think, like, just because we're women, it's more assumed to be of a normal thing on our side because we're empathetic and sensitive and caring. Like, men are that, too. There's many of men who are like that, too. And I just think it's honestly comical how reverse the comparison is. Like, when yeah, you, like, when- step back big picture we're all human we all deal with pretty much the same issues that are going on like everyone deals with their own battles yes but to think that women are the only ones who got cursed with mental health like what no there's men out there who definitely need help and the fact that our society and the way even girls talk to men about it and i'm just like shame on you especially like certain girls who don't have mental health issues and then they have a man who tells them they have this and they have that and then they're like 
what? Shame on you. Because it's just, it's mind-boggling to me how you could do that to somebody when they're literally telling you they're struggling with their mental health, their most important thing. And then you can tell them, no, like, you need to be strong. You need to be a leader. You need to not feel that way. Like, yeah. why do you think there's more suicides and more things with men and especially like men coming out of army, the army, and just that whole thing. It We're just I could go on. In the army, though. Like with I know. Though, like, so I was a NCO. It's called a non-commissioned officer. They're like the supervisors almost, right? But like in the army, it could be me talking to Trevor, and he has to stand with his hands behind his back, has to call me sergeant, right? Like, like that show him, Trev. I call that parade rest, oh, right? Really? So whenever he said a word so to I me. I would be standing while Kevin talked. I would be standing like this as he stares at me. Like not moving, standing just like this while Kevin's talking to me right here. Exactly. And and so many people in the Army operate like that, and they lead off of fear and yelling. Like when I got promoted, I was told that I need to be meaner like a bulldog. And it's like that just – it's not going to work because I can't – if I'm that way with Trevor, right – I'm never going to come up to him and be like, oh, you know, bro, I'm seeking mental health. If you ever need to go, hit me up. And likewise, if Trevor's having mental issues, he's never going to come to me. I just yell at him and make him do push-ups all the time. <laughs> yeah. Why? Um, yeah. I just, that really, like, hurts me. Just because, like, when women, like, we go to a friend who knows we've had issues and they come over and they're sitting there with us and they're watching a movie with us and they're patting our back and it's okay and what we could call your counselor and we could do this and like why can't men have that too like i just don't understand at all like it just really breaks my heart <laughs> really a lot of it is is like society is like what's been set up and what's been modeled you know like you uh -huh. have you have either like the rub some dirt on it mentality like oh you're fine or i mean look around you have all these vices like a lot of men yes. they they do the things like they they they're stressed out they don't want to take the time to go into themselves so every day they come home and they drink or it's, it's video games or it's whatever not to say that like you can't have your you know your recreation your fun but it's it's like women it's like okay you guys are going to therapy that's cool but sometimes for men it's like bro just do the normal thing like just be a bro just you know drink be some beer and get over it yeah be a man and that and that's the thing too though like with men like they, they're expected to do it all on their own like don't tell anyone like figure this all out on your own like you're if a I, man. yeah if i told I, no one yeah. i would not be here i think that no is single-handedly the biggest thing that more men need to do like that that right there is going to open the door to getting to like healing is like stop we need to stop like internalizing it like reach out Honestly, to your homie anybody i'll just say right here like me dealing with mental health i don't know how and a girl would say could say this if she didn't have mental health issues but i think it's attractive as shit when a guy is vulnerable and he opens up about hey i do have this i do have that and i'd be like amazing i'm so glad you opened up and told me about this i will constantly be here for you throughout that whenever whatever like i think it's attractive as shit when a guy is like hey you're about to, you to about to go this. through all our guests. And be like, who lives in South Dakota? Which one of these guests live in South Dakota? I mean, <laughs> shit, you, Trev, bro. Trev is mad open. And I always commend him for no, yeah, well, I just asked my uh, the girlfriend I've been talking about. I asked her, you know, when we first met, I met her. I didn't go out drinking for like a year and a half. First time I did, I met her, and for about like four days, 
we were just sitting in her apartment and I was going through my camera roll. I'm like, see, this is Tommy, my old friend that I used to know, but I don't live near anymore. This was my ex. She like completely betrayed me. Here's the guy that she was with, like just going through everything that fucked me up from the army. I know I wasn't able to go to anyone and tell them everything. I tried to go to my parents. They tried their best to understand. They couldn't. So when I went to someone finally and they were like, yeah, that's it. I think, I mean, I asked her and she said that's what got her attached in the first place. So, yes, literally. Like, and that's what some guys don't understand is like, if you open up, like, some girls are going to be like, oh my God. Like, you I know, gotta, like, I gotta say though, are like, like that. Trevor, you were doing the work. I think that's what adds to it is though, it's like some guys, because I've been there before, where it's like, I might just want to get attached because I want like that nurturing or I want to feel soothing. But I think what, what like the attractive part is, is that like I have identified what's wrong with me and I'm or what's bothering me and I'm working on it. You're and now I can find other people to, to work on it with me to help me, like support me, like heal myself. And just being able to say, hey, I have this like that alone, just like self-awareness, like. How can we not reprimand and like appraise people more for that? Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah. Like girls are like, oh my god, and then guys, it's like, what? How is that a thing? Like, it just as a female, I'm so pissed. I just can't understand how you guys. Oh man, I remember. So like, my problem is like anger, right? Like, I have like two modes. Like, I'm either like this and super chill, or I'm just super pissed off. Like, fucking Tuco from Breaking Bad pissed off, bro. So like, when my dog would go across the neighbor's yard, and then I had to drive all the way over there. I would get so mad, I'd hit the fuck out. I'm talking like close, like a punch. Just like, it was so bad. And then we, Trevor and I started microdosing LSD, right? And then the first time it happened, I remember thinking, there's no point in getting pissed off. Like I was in control then, right? My wife was telling me like how much, because like it scared her, right? So she was telling me how cool it was that I could control it, how she was proud of me and shit. Like that to me made it worth it. Like, the dog, sorry, whatever, dude. But it was like my wife being scared of me and that no longer being a problem that I'm like, okay, that's kind of the why behind it. I love the fact you just like skim over the LSD part. It's just so fucking cool. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have you done any plant-based medicine? Oh, I'm a stoner. Oh, oh shit. I'm, I'm a stoner. stoner. We'll have to light something up after this. I mean, we'll have to. I mean, uh. I asked. One of the guys, because he was like, Scar Lounge, I think it was Sam. And um, I like slid in and I was like, so. Slid I in, huh? I'm in there with you guys, but like, I don't smoke cigars. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know, you could ask the uppers. And I was like. Oh, <laughs> dude, I, like, yeah. Like, how am I, I supposed to get a hold of Jake? Jake's not going <laughs> to. like, yup, you can do it. Like. I just no, I just hopped in there the other day and was rolling up in there while they were all fucking they were like cold calling. I walked in, there's like two idiots there's two idiots with like sunglasses upside down, a hat on their head sideways, cold calling, and I'm like, You fucking clowns, fuck like I'm about to I've been wanting to like join in I've been wanting to join in multiple of those groups and I'm like, I wonder if there's any girlies in here and I'm just gonna be like Fine. Star lounge for a reason, I think. No, we got uh we got the chilling. So, so don't do it. Reason. Is that what you're saying? I'd do it. Fuck, oh. why not? Who cares? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got to be in the combo and have something. Yeah, so. we got our own uh, little chilling, chilling studio over there. Yeah, because like be all you guys would be like, 
I'm in the cigar lounge, anyone coming over? And I'm like, I want to come over. <laughs> and no one said shit to me about it, so. <laughs> I want to say something um, to anyone that, like, my friend, absolute angel, I've sent her this request to come on this group because she is an irrational optimist. Like, the way she lives life, I literally feel like God's going to just, like, strip her away type thing because she lives life that amazing and that fully and that she's just so amazing let's just say that okay so before i went into the mental hospital and i just wanted to share this just in case there's anyone out there who might be thinking about going to the mental hospital if that's okay could i share that yeah oh yeah please so this is something she told me before like the night before i'm going in this is stuff i all wrote down in my journal because i knew i couldn't have my phone so she goes you will never be able to please people, some people, and or live up to their standards. You're going to come out of there with different feelings. If come out of there feeling different about things, and whatever those things are, valid and is your past. Don't feel guilty if you come to realize he's not what you want anymore. Talking about my situation, going into this facility is finding is about finding you answers and working on you and your brain. Nothing else. It's about you. Just remember that. You hold so much power, even if it feels like you don't, you do. Your brain is your biggest enemy, and mastering it is a craft. You will master it. These next two quotes. Listen. Within uncertainty is potential. Within being lost is a chance to be found. Within discomfort is a space to allow change. Embrace it. One day, you will look back on this time and see magic. Magic that you cared enough about you to get help. Magic that you had the strength to do it. Magic that you feel better than you did before. And magic that you had a support system and loved ones that never failed you. Humans are amazing. From our darkest and most quiet hours, it's amazing how much we can change, learn, and grow. Believe that. Trust that. Know that you are one of those amazing humans and that you can be exactly who you dream to be. And that you will. I don't know I a just, better way to end it on Well, that. yeah. That, I can't folks. think of a better way to end it. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be putting the... Uh, Every link that you'll need in the description. <clears throat> um, Hi. Good luck, Tommy. You're going to do great. Thank yeah. you. Hell yeah, he's going to do Love great. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. here for you. Everybody's going to do great. Again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, I don't know what else to say. Thank you. Thank you, Carly, for providing so much, so much substance for us to go yeah. on. The thing is, I have so much sitting here still, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I think I might need two. to come on another episode. Honestly. Oh no. Lots to be continued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be continued.